teachings of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Hello, everyone. Greetings and welcome. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today's focus, marriage, sexuality, and spirituality. Now, this is going to be an interesting topic. It is indeed. And this is a topic we've also covered in the past, primarily because it bears repeating. You mean like that reincarnation show we do over and over and over? <laughs> yeah, the Groundhog Day show, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a subject that hits very close to home for, I think, just about everybody right. out there. You know, at some point, everybody's been in a relationship of one sort or another. Or going to be. Yeah. And some may have been more successful than others. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. You know, certainly relationships come in all shapes and sizes. Some are fleeting, others last a while, and some are lifelong. Some just feel like that. But <laughs> let's also not forget our past lives. Well, good point. You know, our present relationships might have begun thousands of years ago. Well, that's a pretty sobering thought. <laughs> you know? But as we know from the Ascended Masters, a lot of our relationships are karmic in nature. Yeah, you know, so paying attention to our relationships, you know, noting the kind of people we attract. And interestingly, the kind of people who are attracted to us. <laughs> really looking at the nature and quality of our relationships can tell us a lot about who we are. Well, and who we've been. Yeah, and needless to say, this is a fascinating topic. And in reference to the who we've been part... This brings up questions about reincarnation, mm -hmm. twin flames, and soulmates. And we know this might be confusing for some people. You know, in fact, many people who become engaged with this subject... Engaged? That's an interesting choice of words, Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just trying to stay married to the subject here. And not divorced from the uh, truth. Our okay. listeners are probably leaving us in droves <laughs> right about now. Except for the punsters, yes. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> we might be missing some... Uh, it might miss some interesting discussion about twin flames and soulmates, and of course we don't want you to miss that. No, and you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would like to know who their twin flames are and where they are right now. Well, or where did their twin flame come from in the first place? That's a great question. And, importantly, why and how did they become separated? You know, the whole idea of twin flames probably raises more questions than answers. And we're going to try to even that up. <laughs> we will, well, yeah. But here's one, for example. What's the difference between soulmates and twin flames? Oh, and that's a great question, Ross, which I hope you're prepared to answer. <laughs> well, I think, I think I can take a shot at it. It's, All right. it's not too hard. So each of us has a twin soul or a twin flame that was created in the beginning by God out of a single white fire body or, or, you know, set of energy. Good so far. Okay, so thank you. Uh, God divided this white fire body or core of energy into two separate spheres. Right. Each one of these is separate, but one has a masculine polarity, the other a feminine polarity. In other words, the twin flames put back together comprise this complete, balanced, and perfect whole That's created by God. Very good job. Well, thanks. <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen the uh, Tai Chi or the yin-yang symbol, mm -hmm. You'll have a pretty good idea of how the original sphere was separated and how the two parts fit so perfectly together. Well, now, soulmates, on the other hand, are very close kindred souls who can, at first blush, seem to be our twin flames because of an attraction or, you mm -hmm. know, the feeling. But soulmates are most often going to come together because they're working on mastering the same type of karma, doing the same job, developing <laughs> the same chakra energies, yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, the union of soulmates can be beautiful, blissful even, mm -hmm. uh, approaching approaching the original right. intensity of twin soul union, but they don't complete each other in the unique way that twin flames do. 
which means that soulmates have an attraction that is often based on that shared sacred labor which or a job earlier, yeah. or mission, as well as sharing time and mutual opportunity on the path that we're all on, which is of self-mastery. Yeah, you know, in other words, you might say that a soulmate is like an echo of yourself. But soulmates were not created at precisely the same moment as twin flames were. Mm -hmm. And they don't share the original moment of birth into the beautiful and perfect state that only twin flames share. Yeah, it's, I got a question, though. Uh -huh. Another if one. We, yeah, if we and our twin flames were created in this perfect and beautiful state, how did we end up here? Oh, yeah, no, that's a very good question. <laughs> you know, and I think our friend Dr. Narely Duffy, whom we will hear from a little later on, might be able to answer this in a bit more detail. Mm -hmm. But for the moment, would you believe that we volunteered? We volunteered as in, I'll go, or we volunteered as in, hey, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did what? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good point. We volunteered to bring God's love to earth. Yep. And from the ascended masters in cosmic history, we know that many of our early incarnations were indeed blissful. Yeah. You know, we literally were living at that time in an earthly paradise, and we gave it all up. Why? Well, because it was our choice to do so. Uh -huh, that's right. Must free have will. like a good idea at the time. <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah. Yeah. But free will, you know, God's greatest gift to his children. And so, and so here we are. Most of us cut adrift from our twin flames, wandering through the density of earth, trying mm -hmm. to find our way back home. You know, in a very tidy nutshell, Ross, that is our current predicament. Mm -hmm. Now, if you haven't already, would you like to meet your twin flame? <laughs> so, uh, should I call my wife? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, twin flames can cook up quite the karmic stew Ooh. over their many lifetimes together and apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. You never know. It could be a lot to handle. Oh, right. You know, you can imagine that there might be some opposition to establishing wholeness from, shall we say, the dark side? <laughs> you mean the fallen ones? Yeah, the very same. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're right. Our love and wholeness and everything we represent are things that the fallen ones literally detest. Yeah. But let's say the fallen ones is a topic for another day. There's Lots to do with that. <laughs> Why don't we expand a little bit more on the topic of soulmates and twin flames and relationships? Uh, offer something a bit safer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go to marriage now. Oh, boy. Now, that's a safe topic. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> well, we know that God has blessed the human institution of marriage as an opportunity for two individuals, a man and a woman. Stressing that. Yep. To develop wholeness through the exchange of their alpha and omega polarities. Their masculine and feminine polarities. That's right. Yeah. And whether this marriage is between twin flames, soulmates, or karmic partners, the union is meant to be a mystical union. You know, in fact, on that note, it's no coincidence that Jesus chose to perform his first public miracle at a wedding. Right. That was the marriage feast at Cana, right? Exactly. Yeah, where he turned water into wine. Mm -hmm. You know, symbolically, this was a way of telling us that unless the marriage union is transformed by the Holy Spirit, it is only an outer experience. Well, so I think what we're saying here is that all relationships have the capacity to be mystical and holy. That there is a sacredness to relationships that should be honored and, well, spiritualized. Yeah, you know, it is through our relationships that a great deal of learning about ourselves and our world can be accomplished. Mm -hmm. The cosmic interchange of divine love in the marriage relationship is meant to be the same creative love that framed the universe in the beginning. And here we are once again, back to one of our favorite themes, uh, that yeah. we are co-creators with God. Amazing how that happens, isn't it? Good, good connection. <laughs> yeah, one moment we're talking about twin flames and soulmates, and the next moment we're talking about our God-given power to create. Yeah. Well, it's no surprise. I mean, full circle. Yeah. The two things are related. And in relationships, we are dealing with the sacred energies of creation and life, something which we should never take lightly. You know, which is why casual relationships, for example, can sometimes be so counterproductive. Yeah. It is really unfortunate that sexuality these days is treated with such a lack of reverence. 
It's sad, but it's also true. Yeah. You know, casual sexuality definitely diminishes what could be a beautiful and mystical exchange of energies. You know, those relationships that are primarily focused on physical intimacy can easily shift attention away from mm-hmm. the real purpose of the sacred adventure and the holy journey of marriage. Uh, distracting, definitely. Oh. So if we enter each relationship as an opportunity to become more of God. Well, yeah, and as an opportunity to help our partner to become mm-hmm. more of God, too. We will be honoring the institution in the creative spirit in which it was originally intended. Well, so for more on the subject of marriage, here once again is our friend Terry Kennedy reading an excerpt from our popular pocket guide, Soul Mates and Twin Flames by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Marriage. The marriage vow reflects a commitment of souls who plight their troth to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death us do part. It is this totality of oneness, spiritually, karmically, and in all ways, that Jesus described when he said, And they twain shall be one flesh. If marriage were a mere physical union, divorce, when it occurs, would not be so emotionally devastating. Divorce is a surgery of pulling apart the two that have become one and all the battles about who owns what and who gets the children really center around the excruciating process of redefining oneself apart from the other self. Taking the marriage vow signifies that when we take one another to my wedded wife, to my wedded husband, we will stand together, come what may, in the other's life and karma. Since the future and the subconscious are not known on the wedding day, and the vow is so final It is the most serious and far-reaching contract we will ever sign in our lifetime. That's why St. Paul warned us not to be unequally yoked together with those of unlike mind, and recommended we consider what communion hath light with darkness in interpersonal relationships. If you marry someone who has less attainment on the spiritual path or a heavier karma than yours, then when the honeymoon is over, you're going to feel the weight you will know that you have taken on the karma of someone else and that someone else is on the good end of the bargain because he or she's gotten all your light, your talent, or your money. But you may want it that way because you love so much and you want to give yourself to that person or to the God in that person. It may be the correct decision. It may be ordained by your karma that you must lay down your life for this old friend because he once saved you from utter loss and despair. It may be the correct decision, even if it later appears as a mistake or the worst of all possible choices. You made the decision because you needed to make the decision, because your soul had a need to resolve. Don't get upset with yourself when you find out these things. It's all part of the plan. God loves you and He wants you to come home to His heart whole, psychologically, spiritually, and karmically whole. And He is giving you these varied experiences and encounters so that you will be weaned from unreality, love Him more than all of these, and see Christ's face smiling at you just beyond the veil of the one you are loving. This need for resolution can be understood with an analogy. It's the way an oyster feels when he gets a little grain of sand in his shell, and he's got to keep on covering it over because it's a botheration, it's an irritant to his world. Because he wants resolution, he makes a pearl out of it. Well, that's how karma is. It irritates, and we want to smooth it over. We want to make it right. 
Now, the thing about this karmic marriage or relationship that you are into is that you can never get out of it. You can never get free of it if you don't fulfill every jot and tittle of the law, the law of karma that compels the highest expression of love in order to be free. If you don't balance ultimately and finally what there is between you, you will re-embody and you will still have to enter into some sort of a relationship with that person, even if it is a business partnership. Whoa. Well, I think it should be abundantly clear to our listeners by now that everything we do is an opportunity to learn, to advance our souls in the path of wholeness and freedom. Mm -hmm. And relationships offer us a particularly rich opportunity to explore the true dimensions of our being as we travel this road to wholeness. I'll say. When we come back, we will take a deeper look at the correct basis for relationships when we hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled Sexuality and Spirituality. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. In the following interview entitled Sexuality and Spirituality, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses how we can identify what kind of relationship we might be in and how to use the exchange of love and God's energy in beneficial ways. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Picking up where we left off yesterday, what about soulmates and twin flames? As we were saying, twin flames are the 
opposite polarity of the same being. People in love often find that they feel in their oneness that they are part of the same person. And this is the energy of love that comes from God, as God really is the source of love in our relationships. Twin flames were created by God in the beginning, out of the same sphere of consciousness. Each half of the whole has the same electronic pattern or blueprint, and that blueprint is not duplicated anywhere in cosmos. Twin flames often look alike, and yet they are often opposite in their manifestations as they are intended to be the totality of the Father-Mother God in expression. Soulmates are complementary souls who are working out a polarity of manifestation in one of the planes of consciousness. Their tie is for a particular mastery in time and space, whereas the ultimate union is with one's twin flame. Now the energies which twin flames share are the energies of God. And when these energies are consecrated to the glorification of the real self and of reality, we find that joy and bliss and expansion of consciousness and creativity follow them wherever they go. How likely is it that a person will find one's soulmate or one's twin flame? It is often very likely. People incarnate and they travel halfway around the world to find that twin flame. And it is because there is an inner magnet and an inner lodestone that draws one to one's true self, one's inner self and to its representative in form. The story of Evangeline is the story of the pursuit of one's twin flame. There's a great deal of energy on sexual matters going around these days, and we hear a lot of talk about it's absolutely essential to be free in what one does. How do you feel about that? Well, I look at the word sex as an abbreviated term for sacred energy or sacral energy. Sex is the sacred energy of life. And the origin of that energy is in the mother focus, the base of the spine chakra. I don't deal with sex as being right or wrong, but I deal with God as energy. I deal with the individual having free will and the gift from God to determine what he will do with that energy. He may choose to meditate upon the trinity within the heart and the magnet of light within the heart to raise the energy of the sacred fire from the base of the spine chakra. With the raising of that kundalini comes an experience in each succeeding chakra. In the base of the spine chakra, the seat of the soul, then the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. These centers are sacred centers for God awareness. The polarity of the centers is the masculine ray. When we raise the mother light or the mother energy from the base of the spine, there is the fulfillment of wholeness in each succeeding chakra and the individual will experience the bliss of attunement with the Father-Mother God and of wholeness. Sex, then, is much more than a simple experience between man and woman. It is a very intimate experience with God. And the individual has been given a gift of energy. It is a portion of the Godhead. And a portion of that energy is anchored in each of the chakras. We have the free will, then, to decide what we will do with this energy. Many people have seen that through meditation and the giving of mantras, how easy it is to raise the sacred fire and to begin to have 
deep inner experiences in the mysteries of God. Alternatively, the use of the sacred fire in sex has its highest culmination when it is for the bringing forth of children within the marriage framework. That is the great dedication of the sacred fires within the base chakra itself. When it is not for the purpose of bringing forth children, it is for the purpose of the balance of energies between man and woman in the married state. Now that balance of energy may also be achieved by the raising of the energies of the spine and their consecration in each of the chakras until finally the opening of the thousand petal lotus through the crown chakra. The bliss of this experience cannot be described and it cannot be compared to any earthly bliss. It is beyond what anyone could even imagine he could experience in this life. The bliss of that union then far outweighs any other union and yet until man and woman have tasted of that fruit many of course prefer the sexual experience then you're saying that that enlightenment is related to inner wholeness well i would say enlightenment is related to the raising of the energies of the mother to become one with the father within the self enlightenment comes through contact with god But we've talked about the proper use of sexual energies. What about the misuse of sexual energies? The misuse of sexual energies comes about in the overindulgence in sex and its perversions, which we are aware are rampant on earth today. The normal flow of the sexual energies between man and woman, united and blessed by their own inner God presence, is certainly ordained by the Lord the misuse of sex cuts off the natural attunement of the soul with the i am presence because the soul requires this sacred fire in order to rise to that higher level of consciousness which is the union with the godhead we find that the misuse of sex and its proliferation in promiscuity results in untimely diseases degeneration and disintegration michelangelo was asked why the face of mary in the pieta was so young when jesus was 33 and she is holding him as he comes down from the cross and his reply was that the virtuous woman is always young it is not a matter of sin and virtue it is not a matter of right and wrong it is a matter of the conservation of the life force when one conserves the life force one has a greater quantity of god manifesting within the temple And so I think that by free will when individuals misuse sex through overindulgence that they are depriving themselves of cosmic consciousness. People then who are sensual by nature are very much involved in the things of this world and they deprive themselves of the inner bliss of the heaven world that is within all of us. This is the great loss not because it is a sin but because the sex has become a wedge between the self and the godhead. The thrust of so much of the material that you see on media and read in books and literature these days seems to be directed toward persuading people to misuse their sexual energies is this directed toward death Well I would say that the attempt to keep mankind in an eternal round of involvement in the things of this world we might say is calculated to deprogram the soul from its natural inclination to rise the natural inclination of the soul to seek 
the inner union with the God-Self is very much a part of the yearning and the sense of loneliness. And because people do not have the path presented to them, they satiate themselves in the activities of this life and they keep themselves going 24 hours a day because when everything stops, they are still left with that gnawing, that loneliness, which is the soul that has not been satisfied through that bliss experience, which should be the daily experience of one's meditation. So you're offering meditation as uh, an alternative. I have given courses in meditation and in the use of the science of the spoken word where I have seen young people and people of all ages draw the energies of the sacred fire naturally into higher chakras. And I have seen the blossoming of life. I have seen joy and health and radiant faces and fulfillment that the world would not conceive could be achieved with the mastery of this energy. In light of what you've said, what's your advice to young people? Well, I would emphasize the fact that We have all been given this tremendous gift from God, which is free will. The second tremendous gift we have been given is the use of God's energy. All energy which we use in thought and feeling and in our sexual expressions belongs to God. What we have to realize is we have only so much energy that we have been given, and we must decide what we are to use it on. This energy is reflected in the quantity of time and space that is available to us each day and the limitations which we all experience of what we can accomplish. Multiply this over a lifetime and you see that there is not an infinite portion but a finite portion that is allotted to us. I would tell young people then that the sacred fire within you is your creative life force. You can put it to use for the elevation of the entire earth, or you can squander it on the immediate indulgences of the senses. I would say that sex in proportion and in balance is part of life on earth, but when it becomes out of balance, it becomes the death of the soul consciousness. I would encourage young people then to take up the study of meditation, to study the science of the spoken word, to experiment with the experiencing of these sacred energies in all of the chakras and not just in the base of the spine. This is altogether possible and it can be begun today and the experiences that you can have beginning right now are phenomenal. There is just a world of light and joy waiting for the individual who will just try to enter into meditation and in the use of scientific mantras. Isn't special training required? Yes, special training is required, and this is why we have Summit University here, why we've written a number of books on the subject. It does require coming in contact with those who are currently demonstrating this science, and we'd like to invite young people to visit us and to call us up to just for a moment consider an alternative way of life which actually has been lived for thousands of years in previous cultures on Earth. Thank you very much. We'll pick up where we left off. Up next, Q&A with today's special guest, Dr. Nerly Duffy. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? 
These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us today is Dr. Nerly Duffy. Hello, Nerly. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, you're very welcome. You know, we might as well start right off with one of the big questions. Okay. (laughs) The God-intended nature of the marriage relationship. I'm sure it's obvious to just about everyone that relationship is obviously a complicated subject and even downright divisive at times. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to share with us the ascended master's position on relationships and marriage? Well, that's a big one, but it's really interesting that really from the perspective of the angels and from heaven, it's a lot more simple than the way we think of it down here on earth. So from a heavenly perspective, marriage is a sacrament. It's a sacred relationship between a man and a woman. So when we come together before God and man, Mm -hmm. our marriage is blessed at the altar for a lifetime together. And it's intended to be respected and honored, and it's reminiscent of the marriage of you and your twin flame in heaven, which is always there. So from heaven's perspective, how you treat your marriage partner, love, honor, and respect, it's paramount. So it's not just words in the (laughs) ceremony, it's Mm -hmm. real. And every marriage is different. Every marriage is unique. Every life stream is unique, and each couple is different. Mm -hmm. So, you know... um I think you had mentioned off off mic uh, that relationships all, to one extent or another, are a reflection of our twin flame relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the best way to approach any marriage, it doesn't really matter 
really, if you're married to your twin flame or your soulmate or a karmic partner, what really matters is do you give that relationship your absolute best Mm -hmm. and treat that relationship as though it was one with your twin flame. And if you do that, if you give it the highest good, you're not going to miss the mark. But if you just say, well, this is a karmic thing and I'm just going to do my deal for a little while and hopefully Mm -hmm. I'll get out of it, that's a very good way to prolong the karma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, so what you're really really saying to me, just to translate and put it back to you, is, is that you need to go ahead and act as if. Act as if. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost as if you're sending that energy to your twin flame and the, 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 the person, even if it's a karmic marriage or twin flame or whatever, is actually almost like a representative of your twin flame there with you? Absolutely, because really... You and your twin flame are one at inner levels. Mm-hmm. You always are. In the level of your uh, I am presence and causal body, you already are one. Mm-hmm. It's just down here it hasn't happened. So everything that you do, every thought, every feeling, all of your acts actually affect your twin flame, wherever that one is. So if you're not in a right vibration, mm-hmm. you can pull down a master in heaven and, and make them feel not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're uh-huh. in a right vibration, you can send that light and energy to that master or to somebody else on the other side of the planet, and you're boosting them hmm. and yourself. Well, you know, that's, that's a perspective awesome. that really, really helps because now you can say, as you're doing that co-creation with God, see, I worked it back oh, in. Oh, nice one. Co-creation with God. Am I doing a good thing or a bad mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. it, it's always going to affect somebody else and if i could just take off on that one sure. of the things i think is a problem for people is they think well you know god in my marriage is like there's three people in the bed what's going on <laughs> yeah. and 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 we tend to think if we include god it's not going to be so much fun or not going to be so beautiful or not going to mm-hmm. but really that's a myth mm-hmm. because if you do include god mm-hmm. everything improves And it spiritualizes your whole relationship. And it's being willing to look over that barrier and go for it. Yeah. It's almost as if if you give it to God and he gives it back, Mm -hmm. then it's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, narrowly, a lot of people in this so-called New Age movement have over about the last 40 or 50 years. It's been that long. It seems like it. (laughs) It's not not for me, but um, have considered themselves... (laughs) spiritually married, even if they've not had a marriage consecrated or confirmed by a lawful ceremony. Is there a karmic price that these people will pay in the absence of a proper or official consecration? Well, this is really an important point that you bring up. And I think, again, if we look at it from heaven's perspective, it's different to the earthly one. What people think is very reasonable, it sounds very rational, but if you don't realize that if you're lawfully married by a priest or a rabbi or somebody with a spiritual office, it actually brings a blessings to your relationship that's just simply found if you don't go through that ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much the outer, but the outer symbolizes the inner. So you wow. can feel really joined and, and committed and all the rest of it, but your auras are actually not one or united until you go through that ceremony. And there are great blessings associated with it, you know, uh, and a greater ability to bear karma, a greater blessing for your child, giving your relationship a greater solidarity. And I find it really interesting that Brad Pitt said recently that he and Angelina Jolie's children are asking them, please get married. (laughs) <laughs> out of the mouth of babes. I mean, yeah. where did they get that? And so their parents are considering that. And there's actually a spiritual reason for it. Well, you know, we might, um, obviously in our position here, prefer that a ceremony of consecration, consecrating marriage, be done in an ascended master uh, within the uh, 
structure of that kind of a, a ceremony. But really, it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, if it's consecrated matter. by anyone who yeah. is Anyone authorized. who bears that office spiritually, uh, you know, if you're a priest or a rabbi or a minister mm-hmm. or whatever, there is oh. a spiritual blessing that's conferred there, and it's beyond the person. It's not about who the person is or what religion they are or which church. Right. You know, go before the ship's captain or whatever. You know, yeah. do whatever well, you need to piece. do. Yeah, that was my next yeah. question is like, you know, you <laughs> see these <laughs> weddings that are performed by Captain Pete. Yeah. You know, or what about a civil ceremony? Because a lot of people will say we, yeah. we did a civil ceremony before a judge, justice of the peace. What we would say is, fine, do the civil ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's lawful before God and man. Mm-hmm. But if you want the blessing, go through yeah. the ceremony that is a mm-hmm. spiritual one, a religious one, or a, you know, from a church or an authority that is recognized spiritually. Yeah. So Captain Pete and then St. Peter. Okay. Oh, Got okay. It. <laughs> Perfect. So is, uh, is, this is a tough one, is divorce ever lawful? Well, you know, it's funny. From heaven's perspective, again, um, it may surprise our listeners to know that the masters do not actually disapprove of divorce. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you can stay together, work through the issues, make it work, that's way better. It's a great opportunity <laughs> to balance karma. But if you've tried everything, and if the more you work together, the worse it gets, and the more in harmony there is, and you're making karma instead of balancing karma, then it's better for you to d- divorce and go your separate ways. Mm-hmm. So in times of change on the planet, there's actually more karmic debts coming due, and hence more marriages are kind of ending in divorce. And the problem is that actually more marriages are meant to be maintained than to end. Okay. So you've really got to think mm-hmm. long and hard yeah. before you end a marriage. Never let the involvement with somebody else be the cause of the end of your marriage because that just makes more karma. Well, you know, it, on that subject, you know, in talking about a difficult relationship and wh- whether you're considering divorce or not, um, we heard uh, Mrs. Prophet talking about meditation in the um, interview earlier. Mm. And is this a good way of finding clarity in this matter, you know, to meditate upon whether or not divorce is the right thing? And if we don't bail out prematurely, uh, could we be making a huge mistake? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of timing issues, I suppose, here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's where God comes in because it's really got to be God's timetable and not ours. Mm -hmm. And God can really let you know the timing of things in your life if you ask him and if you want to know. But if you don't want to know and you want to do your own thing, God can be speaking to you, but you may not be listening. Mm -hmm. So really important to pray, ask God to show you whether to stay, whether to go. Obviously, if there's extenuating circumstances such as abuse or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that's different. But uh, you don't leave until the karma is over. Otherwise, there's unfinished business that carries over. So do your spiritual work. Call to Archangel Michael to protect your marriage and your family. Ask your Holy Christ self for guidance and clear seeing, and then just see what happens. And I've seen people... Do that, and then they find out, hey, we just fell in love all over again, or hey, we just realized we're done. It's yeah. been nice knowing yeah. you, but we're on. Well, it sounds like a song, Don't Leave Till the Karma's Over. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've heard the saying, don't, leave, don't move until an elephant steps on your foot. <laughs> and then you can't. That yeah, yeah. is really safe. That is really safe. If you don't leave until you're absolutely sure. And you know, have you ever noticed that God finds ways of letting you know? Oh, yeah. There's little oh, yeah. signs. Anybody that's been through a divorce can tell you, you know, I just kind of knew 
mm. and I was done. Yeah, well, there's God a gave me a sign, or some, yeah. you know, just yeah. some little thing. So two, two by four. The, the spiritual, <laughs> the two, spiritual by four. two by four. That's right. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and in, that, in, in that arrangement with the spiritual two by four, we are the mule. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 Who has to be clued in? Well, it's like that old thing. It's you know, uh, people will say, you know, we were together, we did this, we did that, and then we just felt like it was, it done. was done. And I call yeah. that the. Yeah, that's great if it's no yeah. house, no kids, yeah. no harm, no foul. Yeah. But you know, that's that's <laughs> not how it always ends no. up. So what about a situation, and I've, I've had friends, especially, uh, you know, friends in the world who've, who've gone through a divorce or they've gone through a relationship. Uh, you said something a little bit ago that was don't use another relationship to get out of the one that you're yeah. in. Um, I tend to give people advice, especially the, the females, to say, you know, just be by yourself for a while. Yeah. Meditate, think, you know, get clear and don't be involved because it, it, it muddies things up. What can you do? Uh, I that? think that's absolutely right. In fact, we recommend spiritually, mm-hmm. if you've just got divorced, wait actually two years because it takes two mm-hmm. years to just separate out and mm-hmm. to even know who you really are, absent that other person and their input. So the more that you can wow. do on your own mm-hmm. for a while with the support of friends and family until you really figure out, okay, why was I attracted to that person? You will get attracted to the same kind of person unless you Mm -hmm. pull those threads that she was talking about. Because in marriage, you really wrestle with the not-self of one another, the dweller on the threshold. And unless you bind it daily, you can end up recreating the thing all over again. Well, a friend of mine put it this way. He says, like packing a suitcase, moving to the same city. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just got off at the same stop. Marvelously (laughs) successful. I rode the bus around the city. Yeah, yeah. And here I I am, and and I'm expecting it to be the same. (laughs) Yeah. What's the definition of insanity? Same thing over and over again. Expecting Expecting a different outcome. That's right. Well, so from the point of view of karma, would you say that, well, all relationships will be more successful uh, if they're viewed as an opportunity to balance our debts to life? In other words, let me put it this way. Is it possible for me to balance my karma overall through my current relationship? Is, th- is that something that we're doing? Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and every relationship that you work on for good, mm-hmm. for God, will balance karma with whoever you have karma with. But um, marriage basically tends to be taken pretty lightly these days, and it's really romanticized beyond what's healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to uh, get a realistic assessment of it. Yeah, reality check. <laughs> I, find, reality I, find check. Spending, I find spending time in my, in my current life in marriage to be more successful for me than watching other people's marriages on TV. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and, and there is a, a sense of, you know, escapism. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe we can get into pornography and things like that in the next segment because uh. that is a huge sense of escapism and people expecting relationships to be, you know, like I want you to be what the way I want you to be now, oh. and uh, I, I demand that this, this, and this, right. and it and it creates enormous strains on relationships that are just not meant to be like that. Well, you know, in the world of technology, we we, we have a joke, and that is is that somebody comes in with a great idea that's really well formed, except for they haven't thought it all the way through, mm. and we go, oh, you've been reading CIO magazine again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, the same thing can be said for somebody who suddenly demands something in a relationship, mm. and it's like. Which one of your magazines have you been reading? Yeah. <laughs> oh, which TV show? Exactly. Where oh. did you get this from? You know, so I Sex in the City, or you know, exactly. You know, or, or well, we'll stop or our second with this. Yeah. Look at the reality shows, and then of course look at things like the uh, you know the romantic novel market. You know. For- oh my gosh! Well, there, there was a, a statement made by H. L. Mencken years ago. Said complex problems all have simple, easy to understand, wrong answers. And that's where heaven really helps because <laughs> because heaven. 
moves from the complex to the simple. We move from the simple to the complex mm-hmm. and wonder why our lives are so yeah, absolutely difficult. Well, you know, we've done it again. It's all the time we have right now. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more questions and answers with Dr. Narely Duffy. visionary positive change seventh wave network who am i why am i here where am i going and how do i get there these are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path and the answers we find certainly vary who are you you are a child of god and as a child of god you carry within you the seed of actually becoming god this seed is your christ self The same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back with Narely Duffy to continue our discussion of soulmates, twin flames, and karmic relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of which, what about those people who just seem Mm -hmm. to rub us the wrong way? Is it likely that these are people that we've got karma with? It's a safe bet. If they're (laughs) rubbing you the wrong way, it's karmic. And that's something that needs to be resolved. It's like the irritant, an old debt to pay. 
but basically remember if you hold up the mirror you'll find that what bugs you about them is often in you too if you're oh, really yeah. honest so use it as a learning experience refine yourself come up higher and get to where they just don't bug you and then they'll probably disappear from your life <laughs> that's right there you go something to look forward to, yeah, something to, look forward to. <laughs> well, of course yeah, if they don't bug you anymore would you care if they left your life See? and then that's the point that's yeah, exactly right <laughs> well we were talking i think a couple shows back about what we see in others, we strengthen in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the same kind of principle applies there is that if we understand that what we're reacting to is really something in us, it isn't so something in them, mm -hmm. right. then uh, if they stop bugging us, it's because we've healed. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't Ooh. control them, but we can control us. We exactly. Right. The big thing is we can responsibility. Control. There we go again. Yeah. <laughs> we can con always control our reaction. Yeah. We can't control them, but we can control our reaction. Well, I think I read somewhere else too. If you don't mm -hmm. like what's going on, change your mind. Right. You know, exactly. so we have that power back to the co-creator with God. Co-creator so. with God. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we, I wanted to kind of recap something we were talking about in the last segment um, about the fact that when we're in karmic relationships of any kind, they're going to have sharp edges. Mm -hmm. And the question had come up, you know, as to whether or not we stick it out until the bitter end mm -hmm. or do we bail, you know, and how do we know? I mean, how is it that we'll, we'll end up understanding when the time mm -hmm. is right? You know, it's, it's an option. It's kind of like it's not over till the fat lady sings. Mm -hmm. Only you can know when it's over. Only God can let you know the yeah. timing of things in your life. It just comes back to, hate to repeat it, you know, pray for the will of God, ask for guidance, ask the angels to help. Do a novena of prayer or decrees. Mm -hmm. You know, be loving, be supportive, but don't be a doormat. Mm -hmm. Get help, get counseling, study your psychology. Why do you react? Mm -hmm. Hold your tongue. There's <laughs> lots of tools to help, but you just have to do it yourself. Yeah. It's a do it yourself kit. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I think you said one thing that I really agree with on that. A lot of it, but one of them is get counseling. And my first relationship, I went to two years of counseling after that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that it was mm -hmm. that same time frame. Mm -hmm. And it was right around the end of that two-year time frame, my therapist and I were talking. And she said, you know, she said, you're, you're going somewhere. She goes, I, I, I like where you're going. And she goes, we could be done for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I thought, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's not That's often good. that somebody gets paid by the hour says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but it was true. And it was around that time that I met my uh, current wife. Yeah. Uh, and I really was getting ready for something. And it was yeah. a lot of work. But yeah. I really think that uh, people should consider count good counseling. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? because they say that <clears throat> no counseling is better than bad counseling. Yeah. And that's a whole different subject of how to find a good counselor. But <laughs> well, still. We won't go there. Important <laughs> Same rules yeah. as finding a good mechanic, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, attitude, prayer, Yeah. recognizing mm. that we can't do it alone. Accountability. You noticing a trend here? <laughs> Looking at all the tools and perspectives that we can bring to our relationships. Well, what if we're willing to try anything mm -hmm. but our spouses? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. doesn't the decision to work through the karma in a relationship mm -hmm. have to be mutual mm -hmm. for it to work? That's a great point. Mm -hmm. I mean, couldn't our best efforts be completely sabotaged if we don't have agreement? What do we do then? It's true, and we, we do come across that a lot. And in the end, you are responsible for you. You can do the best that you can, but if someone doesn't want to change, your other mm -hmm. half doesn't want to change, then you have to decide what's your obligation and accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes back to karma. Does the karma yeah. demand that you stay, or are you free to go? And I know many people that, that stay because... There's many reasons, and it feels right. And even though they know they're making up the balance for what the other person is not supplying, mm -hmm. but in other ways, that person may be providing things for them. So it comes down to what can you live with? 
Mm-hmm. You know, what's the balance for you? And only you can know, down to prayer and feeling that inner sense of knowing, you know, what's the next step. And sometimes life surprises us because mm-hmm. people can change. You know, yeah. you may think, he's never going to change. <laughs> and then you do your prayers and, and you may find, you know, two years later, Speak you, for yourself there, he's buddy. different. <laughs> you know, well, he yeah. has changed. And you've got to hold that immaculate yeah. concept for your partner. Uh, always uplift them. Always speak well of them. Yeah. Always, you know, don't drag them down because you pull them down, they That's end up... a tough one, isn't it? ...acting out what you're envisioning them doing. Well, it is it, tough. As a corollary to that, isn't it possible that if somebody is uncooperative in a relationship, that may be turning the tables, that at some point in a previous mm-hmm, embodiment, mm-hmm. perhaps, we were the one who was uncooperative mm-hmm. and unwilling to work, and they and were... And we've had to you know, receive reverse that. Reverse the roles. Yeah, reverse Now we roles. have to learn that lesson and yeah. how to deal with that. You remember that uh, great uh, Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens line about... Uh, at 18, I had to leave home because I couldn't. And, I mean, my parents were so stupid. I just, yeah. I was frustrated. And, <laughs> and three then years I came later, back. I came and I couldn't believe how much they'd learned. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, you know? right, right. You know, we can come back to a relationship yeah. after a little bit of time out, maybe, yeah. and uh, see it through new eyes. Exactly. Too. Well, I know yeah. a lot of people who recommend that. You know, take some time. Yeah, yeah. You know, get away for a while. And- and on that point, take the time. We're talking about ending relationships, but mm-hmm. take the time before you jump into a relationship. Right. Don't just jump right in yeah. because the more relationships that you can resolve without getting sexually involved with them and tied in with them, the better it's going to be. Yeah. Well, now that's, You're waving your finger at me. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you joining us on radio, everybody, <laughs> waving my finger at her. because Now, this is a, a topic that, that I think <laughs> I got really good advice and when I was a, a young man, and that was is that uh, – that, when you get into a physical, e- mm-hmm. even just holding hands, e- mm-hmm. you know, hugging each other, that kind of thing, with someone with whom you might be attracted, uh, it-, it changes things. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if it starts a chemical reaction in a mm-hmm. way. Energetic. And, and it can, yeah, energetic uh, reaction. And it can go places where it, it shouldn't go. Right. And so that's one of the things. I mean, you know, the bundling board and angels and things like that, you know, it's really interesting. Well, the, the corollary. She's pointing at me. I'm pointing at you now. Yeah. The corollary is um, if you are touching, if you are engaging sexually before mm. you've engaged the mind and the heart, you're actually working with the lower chakras. You need right. to reverse that order. Work with the upper, find out if there's a really attraction there, and you can do some violet flame, and you may find out after two weeks, hey, I'm not even attracted anymore. I'm so glad that I didn't get into that physical stuff, but now it's hard for me to pull back. I think my father's advice to me was if you're really attracted to somebody, take a break for a while. Yeah. You know, just just get away. Because if it's really right, they'll still be there in two weeks or two years. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, we've raised the subject of sexuality here, and we heard Mrs. Prophet talking about it in the context of the sacred fire. Uh, you know, um, and this is obviously energy that should never be taken mm-hmm. lightly. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about misuses of the sacred fire? Yeah. Well, sex is simply sacred energy in motion, and you just have to be sure it's moving in the right direction. So, for example, an orgasm is a release of sexual energy from the base of the spine chakra. Mm -hmm. If it's in a lawful setting, that energy can be replaced or replenished very easily. But if it's not lawful, it's really hard or almost impossible to to replace it Mm -hmm. unless we change our practices. So how do we misuse this kind of energy? When sex overtakes our lives, when it's simply way too frequent way too overstimulated when it's all about lust and carnality Mm -hmm. instead of love and appreciation and support. When we don't feel a sense of God being a part of the equation, when we're sleeping around, we're not being faithful, not honoring our partner and our marriage. There's so many ways that you can misuse it, but 
if you come back to the sense of, am I being selfish or am I being loving? Am I considering mm-hmm. other people's needs or is it just all about me, 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 and I want it and I want it now? Yeah. It's not a good state of mind or heart to be in. So just think about where mm-hmm. your heart and your mind and your energy is going and then change those habits. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm particularly struck by what Mrs. Prophet said about sex, that it's more than just a simple experience between a man and a woman. It, it's actually an intimate experience with God, or I, I guess almost God in your partner. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, pretty profound concept, isn't it? It's pretty deep. It's a holy experience <laughs> yeah. if the man and woman accept it as holy. And it mm-hmm. does depend on your state of mind and your heart. And you can invite God in and not lessen the enjoyment or the experience or the love. In fact, you amplify it. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of amplifying the energy, um, celibacy is one way to do that. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and it does require a certain amount of mastery, self-mastery. And that's really what it's all about. Where's the energy going and how do you master yourself? Yeah. How do you become God? Indeed. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have this week. I want to thank Dr. Nairly Duffy for her wisdom and insight and to all of you for tuning in. Yeah. Please join us again next week when our topic will be, Tom? Reincarnation. The missing link in Christianity. We just can't help being controversial, can no, we? No, we can't. So anyway, I think that uh, please tune in and join us then for that topic. Exactly. In the meantime, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thank you. Thanks. Again, for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.